One week, just one week to go before your favorite football team reports for training camp. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this one week until, well, we'll see what policies might be in place out at St. Vincent that might change. Obviously haven't been there for a couple of years because of COVID. So we might not see the grand entrances, whether uh, it's Brett Kiesel in a dump truck or Antonio Brown landing in a helicopter. But somebody's going to do something, and it's going to be fun. It's funny, I ran into Kiesel, the beard himself, just last week out at the Penguins Development Camp up in Cranberry. For anybody who doesn't know, Kiesel's really into the hockey thing. And he's pretty good at it, too. We had a brief uh, talk and a laugh about some of his more dramatic entrances. And it gives everybody something to buzz about a little bit. It's it's harmless more than anything. Unless you see something that's really odd, like Eli Rogers showing up with the hard hat and the big rig. Remember that? Eli Rogers? No. Don't do it if you're Eli Rogers. But there will always be something that comes up that's, for lack of a better term, a distraction. That's the way most people describe it. They'll say it's a distraction. Well, so-and-so showed up at camp and he talked about this, and now that's going to be a distraction. The reality is, as any of these players, any of them, past or present, will attest, there's no such thing as a distraction when it comes to, say, for example, a player discussing a contract in public because players discuss their contracts within the locker room constantly, like nonstop, in the NFL like no other sport. Everybody talks about contracts all the time. But people in my line of work will label it a distraction. So I'm going to go through today a couple of guys who might be distractions in this regard, the most obvious being Deontay Johnson. Deontay's closing out the fourth and final year of his rookie contract, one that's paying him $4.28 million in total. So he is going to get, whether it's in Pittsburgh or somewhere else, one whale of a raise following this year. Now, he's made clear that he'd like to get an extension now, or at the least have an extension offer made, because who wouldn't? This is what he had to say about it back at minicamp. Uh, I'm not really worried about that, you know. There's a lot of stuff going on out there saying certain stuff about me, but at the end of the day, I can just only move forward and just control what I can control. And uh, I want to be here. You know, I'm patient. I'm just going to keep working. Uh, like I said, my agent going to do what he do in that, with that situation. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to focus on that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing inflammatory. He still showed up, did the work, appeared to have a terrific attitude about it, was as ever one of the last guys out on the field uh, taking countless footballs off the jugs machine the way he learned from A.B. And he basically did a pretty lousy job of being a distraction. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how 
you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. But it's one thing to feel a certain way about a contract at an earlier point in the summer and another once you start getting to the really hard work. That's training camp. and That, of course, above anything else, is the regular season. There are people all around you, not least of whom is your agent, but also family and friends who are anticipating this contract. Even if you're trying to keep it off your own mind, they're talking about it. They're reminding you of it. And if that isn't enough, annoying people like me doing what I do aren't going to ask about it. I mean, you try not to make it every single question, but it's going to come up. And in fairness, this is a good football player. Now, I'm on record here as saying that I don't agree with the idea that the Steelers should approach Deontay about an extension. I feel like they've got wide receiver options in the fold. None quite profile like him, meaning in terms of route running and possession. But I'm not paying Deontay number one wide receiver money, meaning number one on the team, if I don't see him as a true number one. And I know we can go back and forth on this, and I get a lot of feedback every time I raise this subject. I really like the guy. It's not a knock. I think he's very good at what he does. I just wouldn't be willing to commit to him what other teams commit to their number one wide receivers until I see a full season out of him doing it, as opposed to the late fade that we've seen the last couple of years. Number one doesn't just mean number one in September and October. It means number one when the games matter the most around Christmas time and, of course, into the playoffs. And he has not produced. Say what you want about the quarterbacks and the offensive line and everything else, he hasn't produced as well as he did in the first two months of those seasons. Regardless of anything around him, his own performance fell off. But being a distraction, I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not. I don't don't think it's going to happen. And you'd better believe it's not going to happen as it relates to Chris Boswell. I do believe the Steelers are going to approach Boz. I do believe the Steelers are going to sign Boz to an extension. I very much believe he has earned that. So beyond contracts, what else might come up? Well, Chase Claypool might say that he sees himself as one of the three or four best wide receivers in the NFL, and everyone will have a field day with it, and Chase actually won't mind much but it'll be about as harmless as everything else that he says that makes waves. This isn't someone who's exactly polluting the air with his words. Who else is there? Anyone? Anything remotely controversial or stir-the-pot-like? I don't see it. I don't see it in this room. I feel like I've gotten to know the guys who've been around for a while. I had a chance to meet the new guys between OTAs and minicamp, and none of them seem like they're going to be whoa, did you hear what he said? It's just not going to be like that. And, you know, to throw in another one here, Ben Roethlisberger would occasionally say stuff that would make major headlines. More often than not, it was when he was doing his weekly local radio show. But you're not even going to have that now. Which quarterback is going to do something like that? Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett? No way, no way. Mason Rudolph wouldn't either. 
What I'm saying here is I think this could be a pretty peaceful and uneventful camp on that particular front when we come back, J1Q. portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped. Not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Chris, who asks, I'm most interested in the storyline of Mike Tomlin's season. Similar to 2019, what levers does he have to pull to lead this team into the playoffs without a franchise quarterback. I feel he's a top five coach, but he has a lot of naysayers. I think this might be a transformational season for him. And as a note, I'm a fan. I hear that, Chris. I I do think there's a lot we can learn this fall and winter about Tomlin that maybe we haven't had a chance to in the past. The one thing I'll, I'll throw in here as a slight disagreement with what you posed there is the idea that this would compare to 2019. You can't compare any circumstance in the NFL to losing your starting quarterback in the middle of the season. Ben was lost, of course, in week two, and the Steelers had to make Mason Rudolph their quarterback in advance of week three, a road game out in Santa Clara, California against the 49ers. And by the way, Almost won that game against a team that ended up going to the Super Bowl. But you saw the impact of it very shortly thereafter. Whatever adrenaline there was right off the bat, uh, whether it was for Mason or the rest of the offense, the shortcomings were exposed sooner rather than later. Mason ends up getting hurt. Duck Hodges comes in and does surprisingly well, ends up outperforming Mason, ends up winning that game in L.A. against the Chargers in that high school stadium. The whole season was just wacky beyond words because everything was thrown out of sync and off the plan. And that's the difference here. The plan, the script, is for one of these quarterbacks, very clearly at the moment, that's Mitch Trubisky, to be the guy who runs the offense. So everything that gets designed, everything that gets practiced, everything that gets put into motion from the very first snap at Paul Brown Stadium is going to be based on what Trubisky brings to the offense. As such, I'm not nearly as interested in how Tomlin responds compared to the way things went in 2019. I'm way more invested 
in something that Tomlin's been saying ever since Ben retired, and that is that he is going to embrace the uncertainty that comes with not having Ben around. What exactly does that mean? How does he put that into action? What kind of chance, for example, will he give to Pickett if Trubisky struggles? How long of a leash will Trubisky have? These are problems that Tomlin's never faced. He never, ever, 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 ever reached the point in Ben's tenure where he thought to himself, you know what? I might have to replace him. Not for a single game over the span of his entire tenure did he stand on a sideline and think, I'm about to do the most difficult thing any NFL head coach has to do in a game setting, and that is to take my quarterback and to bring him over here and to staple him to the sideline. And don't please get into whenever he would take out a Mason or a Duck or whatever. This is not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about taking somebody off the field that you know is going to be wearing a yellow jacket. Well, there's a really good chance one would think that he's going to be faced with that this year. They didn't draft Pickett for nothing. They're aware that Pickett's 24 years old, a little bit old to be a rookie in the NFL, and that he's going to be more advanced than others, and at the same time, you want to get him moving. These are the things I'm curious to see how they unfold as the season goes along. Really good question. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one of these tomorrow, at which point it'll be one week before the first practice. Let's do this already. Let's do this already.